Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it is Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you today? I'm doing good. Uh, kind of tired. I'm on the road again this week. Uh, regular listeners know that I travel for my job mm-hmm. and I've been doing a lot of that lately. Cool. I'm back in uh, sunny South Florida for the third time in as many months and it's, you know, southern part of florida is not the best time to be in the middle of summer because it's super hot and super muggy hmm. okay it's interesting yeah you, you do what's uh you do what's called two a days and it's basically where you have to shower in the morning and then shower after work because you're just all sweaty <laughs> and gross yeah it's getting pretty uh hot over here as well so uh it's interesting that you say uh long time listeners because there's always there's always the idea that you know, we've recorded almost 500 podcasts on Entertainment Talk. Um, and there's always a possibility that, you know, even though we've been around for just over three years, which is a short amount of time if you think about it, uh, there's always a possibility that uh, any of the podcasts that someone listened to is their first podcast. And maybe not even just their first Entertainment Talk podcast. It could be their first podcast they've ever listened to. So uh, there's always that as well. Um, cool, yeah. Uh, I've kind of been watching and uh watching things and recording podcasts for almost two days straight um because i'm uh, basically preparing stuff for later which you guys will see uh within the next couple of months and some stuff that's uh for coming out next week as well you, you guys will see um and also some stuff that came out earlier this week which we'll talk about so yeah i've i've kind of uh yeah, used a bit too much mental energy, I suppose you could say. But it's it's been like really fun, like some of the stuff that I've been able to talk about. Uh but it's also been a little bit sort of mentally tiring. So uh you're more physically tired than me, but I'm a little bit more uh mentally tired, I'm suppose uh, I suppose. Um yeah, super excited for you guys to see what I've been uh, recording. So I look out for that in the next couple of months as well. Uh you could probably guess which series it's for, but I'm not gonna say. I'll let you guys discover it in a couple of months. But um yeah, it should be pretty fun. Uh aside from all the work that we've been doing, um, or all, all the things that we've been doing, what have you been playing in the last week? Uh not a whole lot. I mean, with last week being a big American holiday and some other stuff going on at work. I knew that I wouldn't be able to put a whole lot of time dedicated mm-hmm. into my normal gaming. Plus, I've been playing like the same normal two or three games for the last couple, three weeks. So I was looking to switch it up a bit. Um, and I did uh, break down and uh, upgrade my uh, Xbox Gold to uh, Xbox Ultimate. Okay. So I've got the Game Pass for about a year and a half now. So it's a lot of games that are going to be coming to Game Pass I wanted to play. So I decided mm-hmm. to do... A bit of a dive and try a few games out. Um, the first one of note is Thimbleweed Park. Ah, yes. It's a it's a throwback to the old school point and click adventure games that I grew up on back in the eighties. Uh, it's one of those games that it can kind of be frustrating because you can't really progress in the normal sense. Um, you know, move through the levels, do this and that and the other. You basically got to kind of find the combination of items. To click on, rub together, put together, move together, having the same general vicinity in order to advance the plot. And I've forgotten how frustrating that can be. Uh, but it's a good game. It's basically kind of like an old school, you know, 8-bit pixel uh, X-Files. So if you're a fan of the X-Files, you can definitely get into this game. And if you just want to see how gaming was back in my day, in my youth, uh, it's there as well. 
Uh, downloaded a few uh, indie arcade titles. Nothing really jumped out at me. I do want to play Inside at some point. Right. I just, <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those things that I just need to sit down and play it. So I'll probably knock right. that out I, this weekend because I've heard yeah. it's not a long game. No, some some people said it's between ninety minutes and five hours, and it took me about six hours. I don't know why it took me about six hours, but it just did. So. Yeah, I was here in about three hours, so that's a uh, uh, that's a short game, but that's one of those that I'll probably do that like on a Saturday or Sunday when I just need to like decompress from everything and just let, lose myself into a world. Right. Yeah. Um, it's certainly a different world, <laughs> I suppose. And I played a little yeah. bit of this and a little bit of that, but nothing that really jumped out at me. Cool. Uh, well, as I mentioned last week on the podcast, um, I received. Uh, Kingdom Come Deliverance, I've been playing that, I played it on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and some of Monday, because basically for for Tuesday and Wednesday is when I started the whole watch a bunch of things and podcast on them. Um, There was a few, uh, there was a particular quest that I legitimately got stuck on, and then I realised I had a bunch of other main quests, and I've since like advanced the plot from there. Basically the quest that I was stuck on is uh, when you get injured when you go back to your home, I try not to spoil the game too much, but when you go back to your home and you get injured from that fight um, and the woman takes care of you, you, you probably know what I'm talking about, I'll, I'll explain mm-hmm. it fully though. Um, like she steps in with her army and she helps you and then it's like, hey, we've taken care of you for like two weeks, are you going to help us, you know, like pay us back? And I'm like, sure, I'll do some quests, I'll help you guys out. You know, two weeks is an awfully long time to look after somebody, especially in that kind of day and age. Uh, plus it's part of the quest and all that sort of stuff. Um, <clears throat> and, um, yeah, so I got to the guy, I was like, oh, what do you need me to do? And he's like, because the guy sort of like, oh, you probably haven't got enough coin to pay me back. And I'm like, no, I haven't got nearly the amount of coin to pay you back. Uh, it's funny that they call it coin in the game as well. Um... He's like, oh, there's a few jobs you can do. It's like the only other way to pay him back. So I was like, okay, I'll go and do that. He's like, oh, can you like steal some stuff or whatever? And you get this ring and it turns out that it's like part of a test or something. And then this guy says, can you go into this like castle or whatever and steal five of these things? And I just couldn't manage to pick lock boxes in the game basically um so i got like really kind of fed up with doing that and then i looked at my quest list and i was like surely there's something else in this game that i can do it's like you know a big open world game it's probably another way to like advance the plot and stuff and i found these other quests um and i've since like moved the plot forward a a fair bit as well i think one of the things i'm surprised at in the game and in a good way is the the hunger and the sleep and like fatigue management, I feel like it's actually quite manageable, and it's sort of a bit more fair than than certain other games. Um, mm-hmm. like, like when I've done of like three or four missions, and it's like the next day or whatever, it's like oh I need some sleep or whatever. It's like oh feeling a bit hungry, um, and you go and sort of uh, grab some food or whatever. Um, but yeah, it it's uh, I really really like the uh, the combat system, which is probably one of the things most unique about the game. Um, the fact that like you have to, you you have up down left right and in all the directional things and you have to like uh, block the attacks and then like do either a stab or a slash or you can like combine them if you can time them well enough and then there's a way that you can like dodge out the way of the attacks really really like that and then there's a the bit where uh, you go and train with that guy in uh, in the fighting 
thing or in the combat arena and he basically teaches you full on like how to do all these different mechanics really really liked all that i thought that was really brilliant um the archery in the game is pretty off um yeah see the reason is is that we're so used to having that target reticle in the dead center and Mm -hmm. then when you're in archery mode it it gets rid of it so it kind of throws your aim off yeah he i thought he would at least like put the bow in front of himself so you could see like the middle of it at least but it's just like it's somewhere slightly from the left and up from where you're shooting yeah the easiest the easiest thing that i found to do was to find a pair of gauntlets that had a really unique look to them and then see where the reticle was, and then see where the gauntlet would be um, when you've got the bow knocked, and then just try to find a mental close point. Mm -hmm. And then remember, these aren't fantasy heroes. They don't shoot in an exact straight line. They they tend to arc. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I've got up up to basically um, where you're hunting the the rabbits with the the guy's name. I I haven't played the game for like two days, so I can't Mm -hmm. remember everybody's name right now. Um, but yeah, it's it's a pretty good game. I do think that like it's probably a bit more on purpose that the fact that Henry's a bit of a like a dweeb, whatever, or a bit of a sort of weakling at the start. Like that mm-hmm. that scene where you make the sword, and then like this guy comes over to you and he's like this uh, knight or whatever, and he's chopping that piece of wood, and then uh, um, what's that? I think your dad says to you like, oh let like Henry try, or, or it might be in the the knight that said it like, oh let Henry try and. His dad sort of said, like, oh, what's a black blacksmith going to do with a sword? And, like, hey, you don't know, like, what's coming or whatever. Um, and then he doesn't cut the wood. He just knocks it over. I thought that was mm-hmm. kind of interesting. But, um, yeah, I thought all the stuff with the parents was all pretty good and all that. And, um, yeah, it's, it is one of them games where I need to sit down with it for, like, a good few hours and uh, get some momentum sort of built with it. So... Um, yeah, I mean, it's something that I mentioned when I first started playing it a while back. It doesn't start you out as, you know, oh, you're fresh face starting, but then you're awesome and everything. You're you're a, a you plebe and you're yeah. you're you you stay a plebe for a really long time, and then you got to put a lot of work and effort into getting better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've noticed the like perks menu and stuff like that. I've got a couple of things, um, from there. But at the moment, I feel like the game is manageable to where like. Sure, I'm still getting hit in certain sword fights, but I'm able to, if I like focus enough and take my time enough, I can beat certain uh, enemies. I've like obviously accidentally run into certain knights that are way overpowered uh, as compared to me. Um, but it's like, hey, I clearly need to get away from these guys. Like that's clear or whatever. Like there's a bit where you first get on a horse, and uh, that woman's like screaming or whatever, mm-hmm. and you basically need to just like be a distraction. And get on your horse and ride away. Um, and I kept making this, the mistake of like, oh, can I like poke one of them with my sword and then run over to my horse? But no, you have to go straight over to your horse. Um, but it's like, okay, I clearly can't take on these guys. And like, if I tried, it would it would fail, which it did. Um, so there's that as well. But yeah, I'm enjoying the game more than I kind of thought I would. So that's good at the moment. But yeah, I'll just need to play a few more hours, get into some stuff, and um, keep the momentum going. But it's interesting, like. Yeah, I'm finding the plot a bit more interesting than I thought I would as well. So, and uh, it's sort of like whenever some, whenever a sort of middle or lower type of character challenges you, it's like bring it on kind of thing because I want to sort of test my abilities with with the whole fighting and everything. So uh, it's quite good. And uh, in terms of the like fighting humans, I'm using the bow and arrow in like emergency situations, or if I can maybe get a shot off before the guy comes over to me, because um, I'm only sort of using the bow and arrow. Uh, for like hunting and stuff like that at the moment so 
Um, yeah, that's my thoughts on Kingdom Come Deliverance. What's the other game that I'm playing? Oh yeah, there's a big, uh, there's a uh, game mode for um, Days Gone that's out where basically you have like an unlimited horde uh, of zombies and the idea is, you know, you set certain traps down, you have red barrels and other explosives around the map and you have to basically make make the horde follow you but to obviously where they don't catch you, you have to uh, shoot them and explode them in whatever ways you can and create certain traps and all that. Uh, I'm going to be putting a, putting a let's play out on Friday for that. It's about 10 minutes uh, and I'm going to be putting that out and you guys can, can see that as well. But um, yeah, it's because it, the horde is one of the bigger attractions of the game because the plot's pretty good and all that. But certainly the performance of the game isn't its strong point. Um, but there doesn't seem to be as many issues with the performance through the, these uh, particular game modes. So it's uh, pretty good for that. There's another game mode that they've put in there which is where you're fighting these like bandits or whatever didn't really like that very much and uh i probably won't do that again but there's like when you go into i think it's challenges menu uh there's like 10 different boxes or so i didn't specifically count but like i think they're going to be adding uh free dlc for some other stuff so i'm excited to see what those are going to be as well so yeah that's basically what i've been playing over the last week or so uh gonna be getting back to obviously kindling come deliverance in the next couple of days and I'll talk about some more about it next week. We've got uh, an iZombie podcast next week, haven't we? Because uh, mm-hmm. we've got, we got uh, episode 10 this week. So, uh, yeah. All right, let's move into, speaking of housekeeping, let's move into that. Uh, we'll do that right now. Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. Sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon. There's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the, in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcast. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, I uh, did a couple of DC-related podcasts. Not for the CW shows, they're not back yet. Uh, they're not back till usually October, isn't it, that the uh, Arrowverse shows come back. They're probably filming them all right now or whatever. So, um, But no, it was for the DC Universe um, streaming app and for the DCEU. Um, there was some information released uh, for HBO Max. I don't know if you heard about all this stuff with Warner Media and everything. They're going to be like um, doing this big bundle sort of service. Did you hear about this this news? I think that's just in the UK. I haven't heard anything about that in the US. No, it's a, it's a HBO Max thing in the in the US. We don't have HBO over here. It's going to be combining like some DC stuff, some like NBC and HBO things, and there's like some Warner Media originals or something. Uh, David's got more information about it on Geek Town, uh, on this week's Geek Town Radio. <clears throat> uh, but I did a podcast that it was actually released the day before that, where I discussed uh, the DC Universe shows, so Titans, Swamp Thing, Young Justice, 
Uh, what's the other one they got? Doom Patrol, all those sorts of ones, and whether or not they'll be moving to the Warner Media streaming service, which is now going to be called, I think, HBO Max. Uh, turns out I was possibly right. Um, but yeah, you can go listen to the podcast if you want more uh, information on all of that. Uh, the DCEU, I did a podcast kind of on that, and basically what I did was go through each of the six main Justice League members, so Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Aquaman, uh, all, all the rest of the, of the uh, Justice League members, uh, and discuss like where each of the cast members are, are at, whether they're in, out, have a film development or don't, and discussed uh, basically when each of the next individual films come out for each six of them, when could we get Justice League 2 after that? So uh, you can go and listen to that as well if you want to. Discussing the DCEU stuff. Uh, and that is in there as well. Um, yeah, what else did we do? Uh, that's kind of what we've done recently, like this week. Uh, there's, of course, film reviews for Child's Play, Brightburn, uh, Toy Story 4, and Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, and then on Friday, there's going to be, of course, the uh, Days Gone. Let's place a lookout for that later this week. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what we got going on at the moment on entertainmenttalk.org or on podcast platforms. Let's move into some news. Alright, what would you like to talk about today? Oh, not a whole, whole lot with the news that I could find. I mean, coming into the post-holiday week, that's not surprising. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a big one, though. Uh, For the people that are fans of the Gears of War series, uh, the Gears of 5 multiplayer tech test is coming. And so the Gear 5 developers, the Coalition, uh, released a post detailing the upcoming technical test of in-development versus mode. Uh, the test is set to run two focus test periods for three different modes across two multiplayer maps. According to the post, uh, the test is open to any player on PC or Xbox One who have an Xbox Game Pass or have pre-ordered the digital version or physical copies of the game. And so this is the first time that uh, these tech tests or open demos or well closed demos or betas, whatever, have been a part of Game Pass, but that's not unexpected as it is a Microsoft Studios uh, game, and it is going to be you know a yeah. day one uh, test. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first period will kick off from July 19th, at 10 a.m. Pacific, which is uh, 6 p.m. your time. What did you uh, say? To... T- 10 a.m. Pacific? Yeah, 10 a.m. Pacific, which okay. is 6 p.m. Yes, your PM, time. Okay, yep. On July 19th to July 22nd. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second period is going from the 26th to the 29th, same time. And if you are a uh, Ultimate Pemp member or have it preloaded, uh, you can start the download on July 17th. So that it'll be all downloaded for when those tests go live. Cool. Um, have you played the Gears games at all? Oh, I love them. I love all, all five of them. Because uh, there's, of course, Gears Judgment as well. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess with Gears Judgment, I had like lowered expectations. A lot of people are like, oh, because it's basically a prequel uh, to Gears of War 1. And um, a lot of people are like, oh, it just isn't as good. And like, there's no this or that. I went in and I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. So... Uh, and yeah, the other Gears games I really, really enjoyed. Um, I remember when I finished Gears of War 3 and I was like, 
that's wrapped it up. And then they came back with the Gears of War 4 and I was like, what are they going to do now? Um, and then they sort of did a, they sort of did a, like, pass the torch, pass the, uh, to next generation kind of game, uh, with, is it Marcus's son? I think his name's Jack or something. Um, with him and with Kate, I want to say, the, the new lead female, uh, main character, who I think is going to be the lead character in, uh, Gears of War 5. Um, yeah, really, really enjoyed them, and I'm curious to see what they do with Gears of War 5, and if, like, um... I'm assuming maybe they'll do like a new trilogy then with these new characters. So they'll do a 4, 5 and 6. And then we'll see if they wrap things up. Obviously Gears of War 6 if it comes out is going to be a few years away yet. Uh, so yeah, Gears of War 5 is out on September 9th, 8th, 10th, something like About that. About in that time frame, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they've obviously got this test beta thing. Um, I'm not in. I'm not remotely interested in any of the multiplayer stuff for Gears of War 5. I won't be doing any of it just because I see it more as a... Uh, you know, more as a narrative story-based game. Um, like, people that enjoy the Horde mode and stuff, it's great. That's, like, you know, a really kind of good idea for the game. It's just never the reason I played the Gears of War games. Uh, it's more for what's happening with the characters and the war and the uh, Locust, I think they're called, the, the enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, how about you for Gears of War? Uh, I mean, I owned the first three games because they were games at gold at some point. Right, they all I never happen, really yeah. played them just because I was always playing something else at the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. But what you said about not doing the multiplayer and uh, only sticking with the story, I don't know about Gears, but I know that's very, very common with the Halo franchise because mm-hmm. they actually did a Venn diagram with people that played uh you know solo and you know the story and the people played the multiplayer mm-hmm. and that did not cross over a whole lot it was like a very small vertical slice of people that did both the story and the multiplayer mm-hmm. and that really kind of weirded them out because you know they put all this amazing time into the story and then they put all this amazing time into the multiplayer and people only are basically playing half the game mm-hmm. yeah to- but I would have to imagine that it's pretty similar for Gears as well. Right, yeah. Two um, PS4 games that are surprisingly good for their multiplayer. <laughs> Uncharted 4 and uh, Last of Us. Really enjoyed both of those multiplayers. I don't play them regularly. I haven't played them for a while. But um, I think I might have done like There might be a couple of Let's Plays on the website. Of uh, Yeah, there must be. I think there was at least two that I did, if not more. There was maybe three or four uh, Let's Plays for uh, Uncharted 4. Um, probably did them like a, a year ago or a while ago, but they might be on the website as well. Um, cause I'm sure I remember playing those, but no, that was really, really fun to do that. And some, some of these more narrative based games, cause when you think of Gears of War, uh, Uncharted, Last of Us, you think story. I mean, with Halo, it's more like, you know, the multiplayer is more of a, of a notable thing. Um, a little bit more in line with like the Call of Duty series. Got got some good campaigns in there, like with uh, the Modern Warfare series, and then they've of course got the multiplayer focus. But when you think of Gears of War, um, Uncharted, and Last of Us, you don't necessarily think multiplayer. Maybe you do a little bit with Gears of War, just because of the Horde mode stuff was quite popular. Um, but like with Last of Us, you think of Joel and Ellie and all the cool story there, and then of course Uncharted with Nathan Drake and everything. So um, yeah, all pretty good games. So. Um, cool. I think we can uh, move on from that. But look out for that on. Uh, you said it does a preload from July seventeenth, which is in six days from now. Yep. So the preload is July seventeenth, and then the first uh, multiplayer will start on the nineteenth. Cool. Let's look out for that. Uh, what else do you want to talk about? Well, staying on the Microsoft side, uh, Windows Central 
is reporting that tech giant Microsoft is hard at work at bridging the gap between traditional color uh, controllers for consoles and PCs and mobile devices, which traditionally rely on a touch uh, input. Mm. Uh, these are from uh, research papers, uh, patent designs, other methods. Uh, the article doesn't go much too much into specifics because it is still in the early stages, but it shows the basic layout. So just imagine like you have a switch and you take the uh, Joy-Cons off. Uh, only imagine that is more of an Xbox style, and then you connect it physically to a phone or a tablet, and then you just play that game that way. Hmm. I mean, I'm sure there's Bluetooth connectivity, and I'm sure there's a whole lot of tech behind it right now. Um, you're just seeing like artist renderings and the clay model mock-ups, so it's in the very early stages. Uh, but when you combine that with the uh, adaptive controller that they came out with a while back for mm -hmm. uh, people with special needs, it's clear that Microsoft is seeing this as a, a viable branch of uh, ways to get people into gaming and not just kind of a, either a weird one-off or just somebody getting bored and having a budget they got to spend. Yeah. Um, it's interesting you mentioned Bluetooth because I'm pretty sure that with the PS3 and the PS4, um, that's how those controllers connect to the system is through Bluetooth mm -hmm. and with the uh, the Move controllers as well. So, um, Which, by the way, those Move controllers, I don't know why there's not a D-pad on those things. Um, like when I'm playing... Uh, uh, a, a VR game. I can't think of one at the moment. Like the um, Blood and Truth or something. And I want to like quickly scroll through a menu to do something. I have to pick up my controller to do that when I've already got um move controllers in my hand. Like it's got X and Circle and all those buttons on it, so I can still select things. I just can't move around in the menus. It doesn't make sense. But anyway, um, yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how because this is obviously to do with X Cloud a bit more, isn't it? With the whole tablets mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. It's going to be very interesting to see. Well, for a start, how that all works because you know they got um, obviously the competition of Stadia, and uh, it's interesting because somebody earlier today, I think in one of the Facebook groups I'm joined into, said like, "Hey, I'm playing Nino Kuni two on my uh, uh, her, her tablet or something in the garden with a PS4 controller." And I was like, "Cool, it looks like it." you know, it's fun to do, and I basically said, you know, unless you've got a really good internet, um, that kind of stuff is pretty much useless, um, like, it's a really good idea, this whole idea that you can pick up a tablet or something and, and connect to your PS4 or your Xbox and just stream the game, but it needs to be able to do that for you to be able to play the thing in the first place, um, but yeah, if they're making, like, certain controllers and stuff that would help support with, uh, tablets and stuff that can actually be really helpful because then um, like you're not left where you're sort of standing the tablet up on a table and you've got the controller connected on the side or something um, it'd be interesting to see if that makes your tablet more of like a switch Vita prototype sort of thing like how much that will affect that um, I don't know what do you what do you think of this well, the real interesting thing, and when I say interesting, I say this is going to be what really either makes it amazing or just awful, when you think about it, is weight. And I don't mean weight of the yes. controllers, I mean weight of the device. Yes. Like, if you plug this thing and you're expected to hold it up on your phone, you know, that's one thing. But if you've got, you know, a 7, 8, 9-inch tablet, <laughs> that's something completely different. Yeah. And then the other interesting thing is, will they find this... Will they find a way to make this work on a Switch? Because if I could get 
some better controllers on a Switch, I'd have a Switch. Mm-hmm. That's really the one thing that's been holding me back buying a Switch is those Joy-Cons, and I finally got a chance to use them and play with them, and they're just too small. When, I mean, when, when did you do that? My nephew, my uh, cousin's kid, he's oh, like 10. Okay. Yeah. He's got a Switch, and so I borrowed it from him and played a little Fortnite on it. Uh, those controllers, for, to be comfortable for me to do like long-term gaming, they legitimately would have to be three times the size just to fit in my hands. Yeah, which is going to be interesting considering what we're going to talk about here in a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, just a quick little self-promotion on my own podcast, which is completely fine. <laughs> Uh, I did do a, um, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, I did do a podcast on, on the Joy-Cons themselves, and I, li- I literally had the Switch in front of me with the Joy-Cons as I was doing the podcast, and I was running through the problems with the Joy-Cons and why they need a redesign, so uh, go and check that out as well if you want to. Uh, so there's that as well. Um, but yeah, they, they definitely need like some kind of redesign or to be bigger, and I... Oddly, one of the main problems I have with the Joy-Cons, and I do say this in the, in that particular podcast episode, is the analog sticks. They just feel... I feel like I'm going to break them sometimes. Uh, especially with something as involved as, like, My Friend Pedro or Zelda Breath of the Wild or something like that. That I just feel like I'm going to break something. <laughs> and hopefully I don't. So, Because um, those Joy-Cons are rather expensive. Uh, mm-hmm. Even here in the UK. So... Um, not that Nintendo products are cheaper in the UK because they're not, um, but that's just how that is. So, yeah, uh, we'll see what Microsoft comes out with, and we'll see if. I mean, the bottom line is, if you can't connect the thing to your if tablet anyway, then all of this is useless. But we'll see how things work out. So, uh, I'm still skeptical of XCloud. I'm still skeptical of Stadia. But if they want to prove, I guess both of us wrong because you've sort of have agreed with me with that on the whole bandwidth issues and stuff. Um, we'll see what uh, answers Microsoft and Google have got for us. So, um, Because even though PlayStation now was not a great service anyway, that doesn't really work. So there's that as well. Uh, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, the last thing that I've got to talk about is kind of interesting in, in a bit of a tangential sort of way. Um, former Electronic Arts executive Patrick Sutherland's mm-hmm. uh, development studio, Embark Studios, uh, was acquired by free-to-play giant Nexion. Now, Nexion was already uh, owner in part of uh, Embark. Uh, they had an investment of 32.8%, uh, but they jumped a, dumped a bunch of money into it. And so now they own 66.1% of Embark's uh, shares, basically you know, becoming a major uh, majority shareholder. Uh, but what's kind of interesting is, is that Embark doesn't actually make games at least not in the traditional sense. Everything that's on their website shows right now that they're just building tech. Um, they're building like you know graphics engines and environment design and things like that. Um, there's a statement here from the article from Embark's internal team. Uh, we started working on a platform that we hope will let anyone create interactive experiences, even people with no prior experience in game development tools. Much of the work on the platform so far has gone into building up the core, and there are some large and interesting challenges ahead. Uh, Now, Sutherland himself was the CEO of Battlefield developer DICE, which EA acquired back in 2006. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he's got, you know, a history in gaming and a history in the industry, um, 
with Dice, and that was, you know, Dice did a lot of things. But like I said, I'm on Embark's uh, webpage here, and it's basically just all tech demos and, you know, future speak for investors that doesn't actually mean anything. So the acquisition just kind of threw me because I wasn't sure, you know, are they do they have something planned for the tech? Do they just see the tech as something that they can, you know, market and license and, you know, get a revenue stream on in the future? It's one of those, like, kind of behind-the-scene things that, for a numbers nerd like myself, is something I'm going to follow, but it doesn't really kind of fall into the traditional gaming sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is a bit more like a wait-and-see-what-they-come-up-with kind of thing? Cause they yeah, I mean, this is something... So. That easily could be like a year down the road, we'll get a great article on something, and then I'll mention Embark Studio. I'll be just like, oh, this is what this was about. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see what they uh, come out with. Um, I don't have too many thoughts myself on this, just because it's something that I wouldn't uh, normally kind of follow. But um, I suppose with EA themselves, they continue to be an interesting company, I suppose. Um, have you followed Jim Sterling's videos lately? He's been absolutely ripping EA to shreds lately uh, with certain things. He actually made a video, I think a couple of days ago, on like um, the FIFA gambling stuff, which I haven't actually seen yet. But uh, there, cause it, cause there was this thing recently where EA was like, hey, we, we don't want to be seen as like a bunch of bad guys, and Jim Sterling just got in there and ripped him to shreds. So uh, it's always a, just a little bit of fun to watch him do that, so... Not uh, that specific video, but I've seen a lot of videos with similar content creators doing pretty much the exact same thing. So it is funny that like some people complain to Jim, like, "Oh, stop moaning about <clears throat> loot boxes and microtransactions," but he's always kind of kind of said in certain videos, like, um, "You know, these things are still a problem." So he's going to keep covering them because things just keep coming up about them and then EA goes ahead and talks about surprise mechanics and how they're the bad, not the bad guys or whatever and they're in a way just giving Jim more material so um, yeah that's interesting as well but yeah if you want if you want to have a bit more of a laugh and see someone with a bit more of a different shtick compared to us uh, go and check out uh, Jim Sterling's videos as well and some of his uh, Jim Impressions videos are kind of cool as well he, he, he basically like plays a game for a little bit and um gives his impressions that's actually where i got the idea of the first impressions thing uh which is a bit different to a gym impressions it's like he's played uh or sometimes completed the game and uh, he talks about it whereas with the first impressions with me it's like i'm gonna boot up this game and tell you what i think of the first 20 30 minutes so there's that as well but yeah we'll see what this company comes out with in the next pff, six months to a year or however long things are going to take so uh, you said that was the last thing that you have to talk about? Yeah, that's the last thing I've got. Cool. Uh, I've got a couple of other interesting things to talk about from my side. The Nintendo Switch is getting a new model or a new version. It's going to be called the Nintendo Switch Lite. And it's essentially what it sounds like, which is going to be a smaller um, handheld version. So you can't you can't dock this one. It's got a better battery life. And uh, it's going to be coming out September 20th. Uh, it's going to be a bit smaller, and the other difference is uh, you can't detach the uh, Joy-Cons. They're, like, part of the system now, so it's all kind of one uh, machine. Uh, Robert, this sounds like the opposite of what you were looking for for the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, and there's a couple other uh, 
interesting things as well. On the left side of the console for the new Switch Lite, they actually invert the D-pad and the analog pad. Mm-hmm. So I was, I'm sure there was a reason for that. I'd love to hear a reason why. Yeah. Um, but yeah, how do you feel about them kind of doing the opposite of what you want, I suppose? Uh, well, I mean, it makes sense because they are coming out with a cheaper price, so you know that's obviously going to spur some interest in it. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, we'll just have to see, you know, how it functions and how it sells. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be uh, two hundred dollars, which is about one seventy, one hundred eighty pounds, roughly. Sometimes I'm not good with converting stuff that way. I'm doing that off the top of my head. Uh, but yeah, September twentieth, and yeah, it makes sense. Like you know, Nintendo's a more family-oriented console, uh, family rather. Get uh, gaming sort of thing, um, and this is potentially aimed at like you know younger generations um, and that sort of thing, and people with maybe smaller hands or whatever. Um, but yeah, you said you've always said that you want like a Switch with uh, bigger controllers, with bigger sort of Joy Cons or whatever, um, but not in the sense of their uh, Pro controller. You said about it being specifically with the uh, the Joy Cons. Correct. Uh, it was specific with how the actual Joy-Cons themselves are designed mm-hmm. versus like any kind of uh, first-party or third-party accessory that I could purchase. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the actual system of the Switch itself, like the actual tablet, it's got like a couple of issues. But again, I ran through that on the um, the uh, Joy-Cons episode that I did because I did also touch on a few things about the Switch. But I think the Switch itself, the actual tablet thing, because that's basically what it is, is a tablet um with controllers you can attach to it uh it's fine like it it needs a couple of improvements but it's pretty good if you if you take a good look at it so yeah september 20th 200 dollars and um yeah if you want if you don't really dock your switch as much if you don't um charge it through your tv or if you don't play it through your tv and you want a, a cheaper smaller switch this is probably for you uh in terms of me i suppose um there's no real need for me to get this i am fine with the switch that i've got Again, like I said, like I said, the only uh, real problems is the Joy Cons and the um, analog sticks. But um, yeah, I mean, in terms of the D pad, I don't really use the D pad because this has got more of like a uh, complete D pad, I suppose, as opposed as opposed to four individual buttons. It's got an actual pad sort of thing uh, for the D pad. Um, I never really use that for the actual games themselves. I just sometimes use them for when I'm navigating the menus. So like if I'm playing. Uh, one of the Mario games or something, or a 2D platform. I don't really use the the D-pad. I still use the analog sticks. So, um, yeah, I'm fine with the Switch. I got my Switch is still working perfectly fine. Apart from the right analog Joy-Con, um, it sometimes drifts a little bit, which can be a bit annoying. So, um, but yeah, I don't need this particularly. Um, the only thing I would really buy is if they did do some bigger. I don't need a bigger Switch, but I would like some. I guess just some redesigned Joy-Cons would be. Uh, ideal for me going forward so we'll see if they decide to do that are you kind of surprised at this because when was e3 like a month ago roughly that they've like announced this yeah where they just like not ready to announce it possibly was some like final paperwork being filed or why do you think they maybe delayed this news away from e3 uh it's hard telling i mean the thing that would make the most sense is that they didn't want it to get lost in the noise of e3 possibly uh which is yeah, understandable because everybody was having a conference, and they've uh, Nintendo's kind of also starting to get away a bit from E3 and not putting as much you know time and money and effort into it as in years past. 
Or it might just be the transfer over from Reggie fils to his predecessor, Bowser. Yeah, uh, maybe that just me. put a couple things on the back burner until you know everything else was back up to speed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's certainly getting the the attention today, the uh, Nintendo mm-hmm. Switch Lite. So, yeah. And if you want to as always, but it's probably on Nintendo's main channel. But there's like a trailer for this uh, Nintendo Switch Lite, which you can go and check out as well. And it's not short either. It's like nine minutes, but six of that is just yeah. fluff of people <laughs> playing games. I actually, re- speaking of adverts and stuff, which most of them are terrible, let's be honest, um, I quite like seeing the Nintendo Switch uh, adverts. Just like people taking the thing out of the dock, taking it on the go, where are they going to go, how are they going to use the Switch, what are they playing? Um, I don't know. I, I just And they're kind of short, like in the UK at least, you get like these little 30 second adverts usually it's for like an upcoming game and in order to tie that in with the switch they'll like show a demonstration of well not a demonstration like a you know like a trailer thing of someone either putting the switch in or out of dock uh and then getting on a bus or something and playing the switch i don't know just kind of find them uh kind of fun to watch so uh that's your nintendo switch updates at least for now uh, let's move on and talk about Amazon Studios. Um, you're aware that uh, Amazon are making a Lord of the Rings TV series, are you, are you not? Yeah. Yeah, so they're, they're making that, and of course Amazon's got a whole bunch of money, uh, and they're putting a lot of that into the uh, Lord of the Rings TV series. Well, it turns out they're not just making a TV series. Uh, Amazon Game Studios is going to be making a Lord of the Rings MMORPG, which is interesting as well. Uh, no news, obviously, when this is coming out. There's no news on when the Lord of the Rings Amazon TV series is going to come out, which will obviously be uh, exclusive to Prime Video. Um, I think it's supposed to be some sort of prequel or or something like that. Or it's set, like, thousands of years before uh, the events of the films, obviously. Um, yeah, are you excited for any kind of Lord of the Rings uh, game or TV show, as we're getting both? Uh, well, the whole thing with the game studio is completely irrelevant. I mean, Amazon has had a game studio for how long now? Mm-hmm. And they've only brought one game to market, and that was a game based off of the Grand Tour. Yeah. Now, as for Lord of the Rings, there already, I think, still is active a Lord of the Rings MMO. It was a while ago when I was playing it pretty mm-hmm. actively. Um, when it went free to play, I, I actually have to look. Let me look real quick to see if it's still active, but... It it had been going around for a very long time, um, so that's one of those things that if they do it, they're ten days late and twenty dollars short. <laughs> I mean, in terms for me, I remember the uh, the games they made off the base of the films. And they actually weren't very bad. I actually remember enjoying them a fair bit because in the era era of um, you know licensed games off of uh, films, it was probably one of the better ones. That I remember playing. And I remember they had this like. Um, arena thing. You'd play like four rounds or something. With you know either Gimli, Aragorn or uh, Legolas. And you just have to basically fight your way through. So that was all pretty fun as well. Do you, did you ever play those games? The uh, I think one? I might have played them a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but you know just off and on here and there. <clears throat> here I go. Here we go. The Lord of the Rings Online. Shadows of Agmar. Is a massively multiplayer role-playing game uh, for Windows and OS X, based on uh, Middle Earth writings. Initially launched uh, North America, Australia, Japan, and Europe in 2007, hmm. and I think let me double check, but I think it still has a Steam listing. 
Okay. I've... So if it does have a Steam listing, then it's still going on. Mm-hmm. I've not heard of that uh, myself. So, um, the only games I know of is the the ones based off the films and the, of course, uh, Shadow of Mordor uh, mm-hmm. games that they've done, which is like different story or whatever. So, um, yeah, yeah, Lord of the Rings Online still has a uh, Steam listing, so you can still download and play it. Hmm. Okay. Um, did you play it much at all? Or... Yeah, I played it. when it went free to play. I uh, played it quite a bit. Is it a very intense, very deep uh, MMORPG? A lot of different classes. Uh, it's also the first MMO that uh, did something kind of unique. Because uh, if you're, if have you played a lot of MMOs at all? Not really. No, no. Uh, well, with MMOs, your gear uh, reflects your physical appearance. So you could have like a gear set and it looks really cool, but then you game a bit further into the story, and the gear set doesn't, uh, you know, it looks cool, but it doesn't uh, um, have the stats that you need. And so Lord of the Rings came up with what was called a cosmetic tab. So it didn't matter what gear you had on, what stats they had, you could put non-essential or non-specific or even non-functional in terms of like giving you stats and bonuses gear into the uh, um, uh, cosmetic tab and then have that be your front face to what other characters would see when they see you. Mm-hmm. Cool. Nice. Um, yeah, I've not played that myself, so I wouldn't know too much about it. Um, yeah, the game is more... I mean, I played it because I love MMOs, but the game itself is more for like the hard, hard, hardcore Tolkien fans. Because it gets into some of the deep lore that never really gets talked about either in the movies or the upcoming uh, TV show or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited for uh, for both to see what the TV show offers. Because um, Amazon do have a lot of money and they could throw a lot of money at it. So uh, hopefully that would be pretty good. And um, yeah, so this is going to be released on, on Colton Souls and stuff. And um, we shall see what comes of that. In the future, we don't have more any more particular information on it, so we'll just have to wait and see on that. But uh, yeah, it makes sense with them buying the license and stuff that they would make some more things. My guess would be that they, because you said that this thing's free to play, they would just keep that on Steam and then just like put more resources into this new MMO RPG mm-hmm. uh, and put more paid stuff in it. Maybe we'll see what they decide to do. Uh, cool. Um, so we've spoken in the last few weeks about a few different um, video games being adapted to TV. I've been a big fan of the particular thing. Of course, and the next, the first of these, which is likely to show up, is probably going to be the Witcher series. In fact, uh, Comic-Con starts next week, which is going to be from the 18th or the 19th of July, I think. Uh, I know that Walking Dead is doing something on Friday, the 19th of July. Um, so, that, so you'll probably get the Walking Dead Season 10 trailer. Uh, and that's usually where we get trailers for like a bunch of films. Uh, Marvel's going to be there to probably talk about Phase 4. Um, and you've also got, uh, well, the other DC TV stuff, so all the CW shows, and, and a bunch of other things are going to be at Comic-Con. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And Speaking actually, of uh, The Walking Dead, what do you think about them ending the uh, comic strip just out of nowhere? Very, very interesting. I have, um, I I'm t- I was two issues behind, so I have ordered 192, because it's, it's ended with 193, which is weird because it's like seven short of two hundred, um, 
so I've ordered 192 which uh, I got an email from I think it's Forbidden Planet they said that they dispatched it today and then I've got the 193 issue which is the the final issue on a pre-order for July 31st because when I went down to my comic book local local ish comic book stop uh, shop um, which by the way there's a whole bunch of cool stuff in there which I wanted to buy but it was quite expensive uh, I said I was like looking in the new new releases then went over to T then went over to W and I was like hey do you have the Walking Dead in and he's like no we're sold out which was like it got released the day before I went in there so obviously a lot of people brought it um, so that's on pre-order for me for July 31st and I'll hopefully get it soon after but um, yeah where we'll probably talk about that a bit more will be the season 10 preview later in October uh, and there's a whole bunch of Walking Dead stuff to talk about. But yeah, one of the main, um, I guess, formulas for The Walking Dead is, is now finished. So, I mean, the, the main TV series probably isn't going to finish for, like, a few more years yet. So, <laughs> we'll see how they do. Um, but yes, uh, The Witch is probably going to be there as well next week at Comic-Con. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully get a trailer. We obviously had a couple of uh, images from last week. Um, did you want to talk about the images at all? I was going to talk about the Cuphead thing, but seeing as we're on the same topic, basically. Uh, did you see any of the Witcher images from last week? I saw the Henry Cavill stuff, and that mm-hmm. does look pretty spot on. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not a, I've not played the Witcher series. Um, I, have, I keep trying it every now and then when it'll go on like a free-to-play or something like that, or I can find it as a rental at, you know, what passes for rental. Uh, where I live, mm-hmm. um, and I can't, you know, deny that technically it's a good game. I mean, the graphics are spot on, the motion controls are fine. It's just for whatever reason, the game just never really clicked with me, and it's really frustrating because I know that it's a good game. It mm-hmm. just it it doesn't work for me. On a just can't get the hang of the controllers level. Yeah. Literally nothing else. Just. I can't get the controllers to just work with my brain and how I'm normally used to doing controls on on video games and that's it it's frustrating and I keep trying it every now and then and I just keep getting to the same spot. Which uh is that a particular spot in the game? Uh no, it's just really just kind of like 3 or 4 hours into the game play is when it's just like I just can't fight the controllers anymore. All right. Yeah. Um, I remember when I first started it, I did actually have kind of the same issues. I'm not sure if I've talked about this before, but I went in and jumped in and played like the first couple of hours and I kind of had the same issues of like, why isn't this like as good as people made it out to be? And then like six months later or something ridiculous like that, and this was back where I was buying more games. Uh, if you're new here or whatever, no, I don't steal games. I rent them, uh, which is what I mean in terms of buying games. Um, I do still buy digital only games and some other stuff, but you know, mostly rentals and that that sort of thing. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, anyway. Um, yeah, went back and like six months must have been later. I went and played it, and I was like, "Huh, why did I not enjoy this before?" And then it just clicked with me, and I just played the whole rest of the game. So, granted, it still took me a very long time to finish the game. Uh, oh yeah, it's not that. a short game to finish. No, it's not. It's very, very long. But uh, yeah, I remember when I fully got clicked in with the plot and the story and the gameplay, and yeah, knew the game was like several hours long, and I was like, wow, this is really quite incredible. And then there's even the two DLC chapters, which like fully wraps everything up, and it was just really good. So um, mm-hmm. yeah. But, um, yeah, I saw the images of a C from last week. I think I tweeted a few things out about them. 
um, as well. Uh, I'm just really, really excited for this, which I'm trying not to get too excited because, you know, if you go into something with too high expectations, you could be let down. Even though if something's really good, if you have your expectations just that bit too high, you could be, like, slightly disappointed. Um, but, like, when I'm thinking about the Witcher series and stuff and, like, only eight episodes, it doesn't feel like too much. It feels like it's a very sort of precious amount of episodes. Um, like, you know when you start, like, a Stranger Things or something, like, ep- eight episodes, it doesn't feel like a lot of TV, but it doesn't feel like too little amount of TV. Um, and it's just right on that sort of sweet spot, so I'm really, really looking forward to it. And, uh, hopefully it'll be out later this year. But, moving on to, well, video game adaptions to TV, which are also to Netflix. Uh, we're gonna be getting the Xbox exclusive, actually it's not Xbox exclusive anymore, anymore. it's on, uh, Switch as well. Uh, the uh, video game Cuphead, which is going to be uh, getting a TV series adaption on Netflix, and it's specifically going to be called the Cuphead Show. Um, this is another one that I will check out, uh, and I'm very excited to keep continuing to see other shows get adapted to, to TV. There's been a lot of news about those sorts of things lately, and I'm excited to see when uh, those things start coming out. Uh, I mean, I've expressed I've expressed my excitement before. Um, about these, this this idea of you know adapting video games to TV instead of films because clearly over the last god knows how many years, uh, video games to films hasn't really worked very well. So, um, but uh, how do you feel about Cuphead show being being made? I think it's got a better than average chance just because if you look at the artwork and the art style of mm-hmm. Cuphead itself, it's basically like an old school. Late 30s, early 40s, uh, Disney, uh, uh, yeah, Walt Disney ish style TV show, like yeah. from their old cartoon series. Mm-hmm. So the artwork and the animation was already there to begin with. And so if anything's got a halfway decent chance of being like really good, it's going to be that because, I mean, the levels essentially play as like a cartoon adventure anyway. Yeah. And the yeah. artwork is already there. So it pretty much matches. Yeah, it should be really, really good. So, um, I'm not sure if we've been asked this question before, but is there any uh, particular games you would like adapted to TV? I know we were asked a similar question last week, but I, I think I gave more of an answer, perhaps. So, um, uh, no, not really. Just because so many of ha- so many of them have been tried, and so many of them have just been so bad. Okay. Um. Right. And I did mention this on a previous podcast, I forget which one, but with the Super Mario Brothers movie, that being so bad. Um, and there's been movies, you know, video games, movie adaptations, uh, but at the end of the day, with when when the video game's established and does good, you just got so much story that gets left, you know, for the sake of time content on the cutting room floor that, you know, invariably you're just going to lose so much. But with Cuphead, it's well for one it's a episodic tv show but for two um like i said before just how that format was already set up it's going to be a lot easier to convert so mm-hmm. yeah i'm curious about the uh i'm not gonna watch it just because i simply can't be bothered uh i mean i've tried watching some of it but the uh the tomb raider film that they made i remember it was almost like a shot for shot remake of the game i'm curious to know where that differs off from where it ends because that film is two hours and the game is Mm -hmm. longer than two hours so they have to have changed it somewhere along the line so i'm interested to to know 
where it changed because you can't end that game two hours in because you'd be still at the start of it or whatever. So I, I don't know, oh, but I'm yeah. sure most of it is just like cutscenes. Like if you take the cutscenes from the game yeah, and slap them true, all together, you... it'd probably be close to like a two hour. Yeah, I guess because then you'd take out all that the twenty minute gameplay gun sequences and stuff wouldn't you and you'd have mm-hmm. more of the more of the plot i suppose i don't know but if anybody's seen that film uh i don't you, you've not seen it have you the uh nope two motor film uh it's on netflix in the uk by the way if if anybody wants to watch it if anybody has seen that film and they know how it ends or whatever or what what i'm sort of talking about dude let us know um and we can get into some of that sort of stuff as well uh, but that's all the news that we've got. Um, so yeah, got Nintendo Switch Lite. You got a Lord of the Rings game being made, and a Cuphead TV show, and the stuff that you talked about as well with Gears of War and with everything like that. Uh, we have some feedback, um, which is uh, you know if you have any thoughts on the on the Tomb Raider stuff or on any of the other things that we've covered, or literally on any of the other TV, video games, and films that we've covered. Uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTool.org. Twitter eTalk UK, uh, there's the contact page and information in your show notes. Howard has a video games TV related question. Uh, there's been a lot of video games TV adaption news lately. Uh, I know Matt's a big fan of it, but what games would you consider that don't fit this format? He has got another question, but we'll answer this one first. Um, I've obviously read this before you because uh, I put it in here and stuff, or I put the, uh, you know, read the email earlier whatever um before we started the show i do think that if you look at something a bit more basic so like a call of duty or potentially a division which is getting a film on netflix with some of those games that are a bit shorter so you know you have like the sort of standard um five hour call of duty campaign you could maybe adapt some of those to films instead of tv series like could you actually make a five season ten episode show of call of duty would that would that like adapt as well as like a witcher because obviously witcher's got a lot of lore and stuff like that that you could really dig into over several seasons i'm not sure that call of duty would really have something quite as much as that um what, what do you think well my initial thought was that any game that doesn't really have a story to begin with but then I was reminded myself that they made a really crappy movie based off of the uh, tabletop game Battleship and they somehow managed to get The Rock Dwayne Johnson into do a movie version of Rampage so oh. with those two things already in existence there's really nothing on the table that they couldn't, in theory, make a, a movie out of. Yeah. It's just, it would be shit. <laughs> yeah. And trust uh, me, the, I, from what no, little I did... It's true. <laughs> yeah. And what little I did see of the Battleship movie is complete shit. I have not seen the Rampage movie, although I probably will at some point, because I am a bit of an aficionado of like bad action films. Okay. Um, yeah. I you know anything I can just sit down with a bowl of popcorn and not try to think for two hours. I'm give me that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I for the record will not be watching Rampage. So if I was going to, I would have already done it because I've had chances to watch it, but I've just not taken those opportunities. Nothing to do with Dwayne Rock, Rock, Rock Johnson. He's a great guy, a great actor, and everything. It's just the film itself. I have not an interest in. Is uh is Jeffrey Dean Morgan in that film? I think he is. 
Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's like course, uh, he has Negan some part. I don't know why, so, but he is. Yeah, of course he's uh, Negan from The Walking Dead, and also played mm-hmm. someone in the Watchmen film. I can't remember. Uh, the comedian, I think. Okay, which is getting a uh, TV show later this year on HBO, mm-hmm. which I'm looking forward to. So, um, yeah, I would say maybe something, just something like simpler and shorter, like a Call of Duty, which is a bit more of just a normal army story you maybe would fit more for film than for tv like maybe it would be too short for a tv series but then you could possibly do like a mini series um oh that reminds me mini series so that sorry that i didn't plug this but it's probably because i wasn't actually on it uh you and david last week did a podcast without me um mm-hmm. which i actually set it up so uh it's not like a you did something without me or whatever um how did you find that it was a lot of fun. The the we did it based off of the uh, Good Omens uh, miniseries on yeah. Amazon Prime Video. Uh, yeah, we did like a basic ten fifteen minutes of non spoiler stuff because something like that it's really hard to do without being spoilery. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we just riffed like an hour, and I had a fun ass time. So yeah, obviously I haven't listened to the uh, spoiler section yet because I've been uh, watching other stuff. I really do want to watch Good Omens, but I'm in the middle of like some other shows at the moment, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, that. Um, but yeah um, so yeah what was it like being there with David I suppose instead of me because you've done podcasts with me and David we've done that before but you haven't done it with just David and not with me because there's never been an entertainment talk podcast without me on it so um, that was that was very very interesting to, to kind of listen to so um, yeah because obviously David mentioned it at the start and said that this will be the first one uh, without Matt so because I still obviously um, like David edited the episode, you know, I like put the the the, the tune and the uh, housekeeping bits and stuff on. So I was still, I wasn't quite out of the podcast. I was I was doing the housekeeping and the outro stuff, but um, yeah, that was really interesting to to go and listen to. So because uh, I still uploaded it and everything, but David and you uh, recorded it. So mm-hmm. yeah, hopefully we can do some more of that in the future. It just depends on. Um, yeah, what stuff comes out, I suppose. So it's just it was just kind of the simple case that you and David had seen the show and I hadn't. I was like, hey, maybe you guys can do a podcast without me, and you managed to do so. So uh, go and listen to that as well, the Good Omens uh, mini series review. And as Robert said, it's got about what twelve minutes or so of uh, spoiler free stuff. About twelve to fifteen ish. So yeah, yeah, something like that. So, uh, so Howard's second question in the final part of the podcast, he says another question: What properties would you like to be? adapted the other way so films or movies or tv to video games um so yeah is there any tv shows or films that you'd like adapted to video games so like basically the, the other way around uh well that's hard telling just because i was thinking about that and i can't think of a uh movie franchise that either didn't have some sort of video game Mm tie-in or at least had the general ip turned into a video game uh there's been several uh ghostbusters games because i'm a big fan of ghostbusters yeah uh the goonies which i've mentioned a couple of times another podcast had an old nes game uh so has like big name franchises like predator and rambo and things like that. There was actually Alien. a Matrix, yeah. Alien. Uh, there was a Matrix Online MMO that lasted for like a hot minute back in the day. Hmm. Um, Spider-Man most recently had a great game on the PS4, which I'm going to start here once I know that I get a couple, three weeks where I'm not traveling. Yeah. Um, and just really any 
any movie. And what do you think about there was like when the first Iron Man came out that mm. that had a video game tie in. There's been all manner of superhero movie, uh, superhero either movie tie ins to video games or just straight IPs to video games. Yeah, like with the so, uh, Spider Man Two and stuff. Like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and that was kind of the the hot thing back in the 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 mid cycle of the 360 PS3 era was you know movie tie ins to video games. Yeah. So I'm not sure that there's any franchise that might even be a video game that hasn't been a video game. Yeah, I mean, you've got different properties like Pokemon and Spider-Man that have had, like, they've had a video game, they've had a TV series, and they've had uh, a film. They've had, like, every medium of it um, done and, and sort of out there. Um, and obviously with Spider-Man, there's been, like, comic books and stuff. Is there is there a Pokemon comic book? I'm sure there's got to be some kind of manga yeah, out not, there for not that, I've, not that I've heard to the degree of like Spider-Man basically um, I mean if you take something like a Game of Thrones or a Walking Dead and you could maybe turn that into like an RPG or like an MMO thing just like how with Lord of the Rings is, is having one done mm-hmm. you could sort of have that like if you go in and you have you know like Daryl and Rick have got different stats or something and you can go in there and you can upgrade them and use different weapons or some sort of thing like that and you can maybe play through some of the stories and you can have some familiar locations of course uh obviously Game of Thrones you'd have dragons and stuff um and all that sort of thing well not for The Walking Dead, not an MMO but there are a couple of of, uh, mobile based games where it's kind of like that yeah. A little bit. Yeah, I've tried some of them. They're they're okay. Um, I'd like those to be on Switch. Actually, I'd I'd, I'd uh, maybe invest a little bit more into them. Um, but yeah, some of those sorts of like some of the sort of bigger properties that have got a lot more lore and depth, so something like The Walking Dead or Game of Thrones or or something else might be um a a, a good idea to sort of do that for. Um, but I go I get what you mean. It's it's sort of been done with um video game tie-ins, licensed tie-ins to, to films, which we don't really get any of anymore, um, which is interesting. So, um, yeah, that's uh, pretty much my kind of answers, which is maybe Game of Thrones or Walking Dead. I mean, you've had um, like the Telltale series of both of those games, and you've had um, some other Walking Dead games and stuff, and there's this... There's this... Uh, it's floating around this, like, online card game thing or something for Game of Thrones but, but I've not seen much of that so uh, well but... I mean yeah I mean there's really only kind of one online card game that even ever gets any kind of traction which is you know, Magic the Gathering Yeah, uh, I never brought it up but uh, about three weeks ago they pretty much declared Artifact dead because the player base was like at less than 1% of the original player base oh. and it was so low there's actually kind of a, a troll meme going around on Twitch to where you say you're playing Artifact and then you just put a bunch of rando shit in there. And they actually had to update their terms of service to where you the title of your Twitch, of the game that you're playing and the channel that you put it in has to match the game that you're actually playing. Otherwise, you're in violation of terms of service and they'll uh, ban you for 30 days. Hmm. Okay. Um, cool. Alright, that's what we've got for you for this episode of uh, random ga- random gaming talk uh thank you all for listening thank you all for continuing to listen to different things we're doing pretty well this month so far we're only 11 days in so uh of course if you want more information on this is something i've completely forgotten to plug for some reason uh if you want more information on uh, any behind the scenes stuff any uh numbers sorts of things uh there is the chat podcast as well 
uh, which is uh, I did one for July, which is talking about June. Uh, of course, I can't do one for July yet because it's not finished. Uh, but if you want to do, if you want to know how we've done in the previous months, so July, April, May, all those sorts of months, uh, that's what the chat podcast is for as well. So you can check that out as well. Um, but that's that. Thank you all very much for listening. You can find all the content that we've got on EntertainmentTalk.org. If you want to support the podcast, support Entertainment Talk, we're on Patreon. Uh, we have an Amazon affiliate link. You can shop on Amazon. We'll get a small cut. It won't cost you extra itunes feeds please rate review and subscribe to those if you don't want to review the feed you can rate it uh and then go from there i'll continue to check that because itunes doesn't tell you when that happens you have to go and check it yourself but i'll continue to do that as well and of course make sure you subscribe to the feed because then you'll get sent new episodes of whatever feed you subscribe to so there's that as well Word of mouth, please tell your friends, family, people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds, whether they're watching any TV shows or films or they're playing any video games, let let them know about the website and the iTunes feeds uh, and they can discover those as well. Uh, Social media, Facebook, Twitter, you can share them on Facebook, retweet them on Twitter, put them in different groups if you're allowed to. Uh, all that sort of stuff uh, and video games which is what you've been here for the last hour or so uh, if you want to watch me or Robert or David play different video games me and David stream on Twitch uh, Robert streams on Mixer and yes if you're curious to know what a podcast on entertainment talk sounds like without me um, then check out the Good Omens review I suppose uh, that's out there if you guys listen to thanks for listening and we'll see you next time goodbye goodbye <laughs>